Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Liberty. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. Thank you very much for being with us this week. Thank you for being our community of liberty lovers. Thank you for for joining us and and helping this program and this show um, and this movement grow to the best it possibly can. I thank you very much for that. And to all the first-timers, maybe you just now have heard of the show. Um, Maybe you just stumbled across it on on the internet and decided to check it out. Thank you for coming. I promise I won't waste too much of your time. Uh, We have an interesting show today, as hopefully all of them are. Um, First of all, I hope you enjoyed last week. We took a little bit of a break, kind of, from politics, and decided, you know what, Halloween's coming up, let's just have a Halloween special. Um, It's still kind of tied into the election, if you go back and listen to that um, on iTunes, if you subscribe to us, or uh, on OutsetMagazine.com, I'm sure you'll be able to find it and hopefully enjoy it. Um, but this week, we're, we're getting down to focus. It's a week before the election. It's a, le- a week before the election, and I really don't want to talk about the election too much. I'm done with it. I'm already done with it. I've already sent in my, my ballot. I've already voted. I'm done. Now, some of you may have. Some of you probably have. Um, and a good portion, I'll say, probably still have not, and you're still waiting for election day to go vote, and that's fine. Um, I just wanted to be done and over with it, because that's how I, that's how I feel at this stage of the game. Uh, I'm ready to skip forward the next four years and just start off Amash 2020. However, we can't do that, unfortunately, so... Um, This episode, instead of worrying, instead of focusing on what uh, the next seven days will bring, seven to five to seven days will bring, um, and instead of worrying about the election, I want to move forward. I really want to move forward. You see, in the first, the first episode, we really focused on well, it wasn't the first episode, it was the uh, the introduction episode. We really focused on why we're building this podcast um, for you so that we can all become a better, well-equipped community of liberty-oriented individuals. I explained in that episode, the pre-episode, that... Our goal is to make the world more or less a safer and a more productive place for liberty. Um, Instead of dividing, even though some of the things that we will talk about will be divisive to those who don't understand our cause, instead of dividing just for the sake of dividing, I wanted to do something productive. I wanted to build this community. In that episode, we laid out our why, if you will. We laid out um, why we're doing what we're doing. And this episode will be kind of similar to that in the sense of we're laying out our why. 
But I'm not doing that for the show this time because we did that kind of in, in the pre-episode and uh, a little bit more in episode one. Um, and you can go back and listen to those to, to get the idea of why we're doing the show. And I think, I think I've dabbled a little bit in that kind of information and, and reminded you a little bit in each episode because I try not to let you forget why I'm doing this and why I hope that you join us in this little journey. Um, but this episode is more about our why as a people, our why as a country, our why as a society and as a civilization. Because I think what's really uh, important that we have lost and that we have forgotten is that it's all about standing against something. For the past... I don't know how many years. It's always been, um, we, we haven't really been able to get behind someone, and this is transparent in the election, and it accumulates in the election, but that's not where it begins. We're always against something. We are against the other side. We are against the Democrats. We are against the Republicans. We are against socialism for example, or we are against Obamacare. We are against um, higher taxes or, or uh, bigger government. But we really don't understand at this point, and, and this is what led to the rise of, of Trump in, in a lot of ways, is that we really do not understand at this point why we're fighting. We've forgotten. That's the most important thing we're supposed to remember. Sure, we, we can anyone can outline the things that they are against, but it really takes an honest man to sit down and ponder about the things that he stands for. How long has it been since we've done that? I think that the last time that, as a country, we have done that was probably 9-11, to an extent. We at least... We at least stood for America on 9-11. Now, we didn't yet understand, have a full grasp on our why. We forgot why we fought. But at least on 9-11, we stood for rather than against. We stood for the men and women that stood beside us. And before 9-11, it's probably been decades since we stood for anything. You see, whenever we stand against each other, whenever we stand in opposition, that creates division. And I'm not saying you can't stand um, against anything ever, Quite the opposite. I want you to stand against some things. But it's meaningless if you don't also, if not more frequently, stand up for what you believe in. That's something our founders understood. That's something that was partially the key to success in the American Revolution. Is that no matter how tough it got, they 
understood what they were fighting for. Now, sometimes it was put into question, but at the end of the day, they understood what they were fighting for and why. Their why, if you will, why they fought was for human individual liberty. The greatest natural resource on earth. There is nothing else more important than that. No man can reach his or her full potential unless they are given the keys that liberty grants to unlock that potential. That was their why. They understood that. They did not... They did not just stand against taxes. Even though they were upset about taxes, they didn't just stand against taxes. They didn't just stand against King George. They didn't just like, well, this guy's mean, okay? All right, we don't like him. He's mean. They understood that the reason why they were standing against him was because they believed in something. And that something was the individual human freedom for all man, regardless of race, creed, or religion. That was fundamental in the core, and it is reflected in the Declaration of Independence. While the Constitution may be our guide, it may be our guard against a despotic, tyrannical government, it is no more or less important than the Declaration of Independence. Even though the Constitution is the governing document, the Declaration of Independence is the key that ties it all together, that, that makes it all make sense. It was Thomas Jefferson um, and the others who co-wrote it. That was America's why. That's why they wrote the Declaration of Independence. Sure, it was to declare independence, but if you notice... They're not just speaking to King George, certainly in the first few paragraphs. It's not just about King George that they're speaking to. This isn't just some breakup letter that the United States had for King George. This was meant to be a manuscript on how to preserve freedom. This was meant to... to speak not only to the king, but to the United States of America, all her inhabitants and her, her posterity, her future inhabitants, those yet to be born in this country. That's what the Declaration of Independence is. It's our why as a nation. The Declaration of Independence says that it's all meaningless unless you understand that natural rights that are given to you by God, that are self-evident in nature, that is inherent in your humanity, these rights are why we fight. These rights are why we speak out. These fights or these rights are why we oppose a despotic and tyrannical king. And that is no less true today. But we have forgotten that. You see, when we forget our why, 
on either side because this isn't about Republican or Democrat. Because I believe that both sides have forgotten their why. I believe two of probably the greatest presidents we've ever had, certainly in the 20th, uh, 20th and 19th century, Calvin Coolidge and Grover Cleveland. Now, both of these, one was a Republican, uh, uh, Calvin Coolidge was, and one was a Democrat. But they both understood the Constitution. That's why it's not about partisanship. We have to put away partisanship. And in fact, for the sake of our country, we have to put away partisanship. Because partisanship, all that does is it erases the understanding of why we fight. All partisanship does is say it's for the betterment of the party, not for the betterment of the country, not for the betterment of liberty, not for the betterment of the Constitution. It's for the betterment of the GOP or the DNC. This is why Donald Trump exists. I said I didn't want to get into the election, but here we are. But this is something that is not just going to end on November 9th. Donald Trump is not going to go away on November 9th. The type of anger that he has tapped into just won't disappear on November 9th. This is why we have to begin talking about this right now. This is what led to Donald Trump, is because we have forgotten what we stand for. Is because we fight without a cause or a purpose. Now you can apply that to our foreign policy. You can apply that to the political process. You can apply this to anything. But when you forget why you fight, then you will only fight for the end game of winning, regardless of the cost. When you forget why you fight, you don't care how you win. You don't care what you have to compromise to win. You lose who you are as a country, as individuals, as a people, as a society. You forget all of that. You put it to the wayside, even if you still believe in those things. You say those things are only second to winning. Winning must never, ever become a higher priority than why you are fighting to win in the first place. If you are going to lose, but you stick to your principles, and you stick to why, and you never compromise those, so be it. If you're going to lose just because you stuck with those principles, then the people who you're trying to win over, they're not worth it. They're not worth it. Because you have to remember, America is built from the individual up. It's not built from the community up. It's not built from the states up. And I think we've forgotten that. That the greatest minority in the world is the individual. That's Ayn Rand. The greatest sovereignty in the world is the individual. And when we put aside the individual for the betterment of the collective, that we have completely forgotten why we fight. Republicans, I'm talking to you right now, specifically. You care only about winning. You care only about defeating 
Hillary Clinton. You cared only about defeating uh, Barack Obama. This is the same thing that happens every single year. And every single year you say, well, we can't just... Um, we, we, we can't just go for third party, or we can't just say, well, we've had enough. We can't define our own party, because that will hand the election to the Democrats. When is it enough? When is enough enough? When are you willing to stand up for the things that you claim to believe in, and say that my party is only as good as the founding documents of the country. I'm sorry to, to tell you, uh, Rents Priebus. I'm sorry to tell you, GOP. I'm sorry to tell you, Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, Donald Trump, whoever. Your party doesn't matter because you don't believe in anything anymore. You only believe in winning. You claim that you love big or you love uh, a smaller government. You claim that you loved balanced budgets and and economic freedom and lower spending, lower taxes. You claim that you love all of this stuff. You claim you love free markets. You claim you love capitalism. But when push comes to shove, why is it that every single time all we get? is more spending, more taxes, more government growth, less freedom in the marketplace. Why is that? You have control of both the Senate and the House. Why is that? I know why. Because you don't stand for anything. Because you don't believe in anything. Because you have forgotten why you fight. The party that was founded to end slavery, they don't stand for anything anymore. They don't know why they fight anymore. Now, am I saying that all compromise is bad? Surely not. Surely not. If you can use compromise to advance your uh, position, go ahead. To advance the underlying principle, go ahead. As long as you never, ever, ever compromise the very foundation now, you can compromise the means at which you get there, sure, but as long as you never go back and you never step on the very foundation of why you fight in the first place, if you do that, what's the point? If we're only settling for Republican, uh, for a Republican that's honestly only Democrat light, what is the point? If we are settling for Republicans who support the Patriot Act, who, who support um, national uh, surveillance on every citizen without a warrant, if we support people who, who do not believe in the entire Bill of Rights only to defeat the Democrats, who are virtually the same, what is the point in fighting? The answer is there isn't. The answer is, is that you have completely given up. Now, I can't put all the blame on you, because quite honestly, 
as I said, it starts at the individual. We are willing to compromise in our own lives why we fight in order to advance a false perceived notion of greater safety, greater security, um, we'll get it next time, or something like that. It never works out like that, guys. This is ultimately a failure on the individual. This is ultimately a failure on um, the local level. This is ultimately a failure on, quite honestly, um, parenting. Because my generation and the generation coming up, they're looking at us. Or they're looking at um, the former generation. And they're saying, well, you guys compromise on all this kind of stuff. Why can't we? You guys compromise on, um, on the right to have a warrant before you come barging in my house. That you have to have a warrant before you can, before you can even think about coming in and, and searching through all my drawers. And even then, it has to be very specific. You can't, it doesn't just give you an open invitation to everything. So why can't we compromise on, say, a balanced budget? This is a societal problem. This is a local problem that creates a national problem that creates a Washington corruption problem. We cannot allow Moving forward, we cannot allow ourselves to continue to forfeit our why. Moving forward, we cannot accept from our elected officials. We cannot accept from our localities. And we most certainly cannot accept from ourselves the idea that the means justify the ends. That what I'm doing is okay, even though I am completely scrapping everything that I believe in. It's okay because I'll tell you what, next, next time we're going to get it. In 2020, in 2018, we're going to get it right. How many times have you heard that in the past eight years alone? I heard it in 2008 that in, in 2010 we're going to get it right, and in part they did. But then that began the split in 2010 because we didn't accurately define why we fought. We had our victory and then we just said, well, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do with a win. You won. You won the house. Now what? 
Republicans don't deserve a win. They don't know what to do with a win when they get it. We heard it in 2012. Well, as long as we get the presidency, then everything will be okay. Well, we lost the presidency. But we kept the House. That's good, right? I heard it in 2014. Well, as long as we win the Senate, we, we, can, we can do things that we never even imagined. Well, we won the Senate. Now what? We're in the exact same situation that we have always been. Now, all that, that they're saying is we have to win the presidency. Well, quite honestly, that doesn't really matter, now does it? That doesn't really matter when you have a fascist at the head of the, R, uh, of, the, of the GOP running for president. And you have a criminal at the head of the DNC. This isn't only a, a bash fest on Republicans. Democrats have lost their way, and they've forgotten their why as well. But not... I shouldn't say they've forgotten. They know their why. It's changed, though. They've forgotten their roots. They have a little bit of a separate issue. Republicans just want to win, though. Republicans... They don't care what they have to sacrifice. They just want to win. That is toxic. That is the very thing that Washington, in his farewell address, warned about. We all know, we, or at least I'm familiar, and it's probably not safe to assume, but Washington warned more or less three things in his farewell address. One is about debt. He warned the dangers of debt. He warned the dangers of foreign affairs of entangling alliances. And he warned the dangers of partisanship. That can be summed up into one simple thing. The very thing that we have been talking about this entire episode. Why? Don't forget what made you great. Don't forget who you are as a country, don't forget your founding principles that made you a free and prosperous people. Because once you forget that, it doesn't matter if you win. And this is probably um, most eloquently illustrated in the fact that he warned specifically against political parties. Because that is America's greatest downfall. That will cause the destruction of America more than anything else. More than our national debt. More than uh, all the wars, the endless wars in the Middle East. It won't be World War III. It won't be economic collapse. It will be the idea that one party is right and the other party is wrong. And if I belong to the right party, I have to do any and all means to win. 
that is flawed, that is dangerous, because it creates division, and it allows people all across the country to put aside the very reason they are supposed to be fighting in the first place. Now see, even Tea Partiers, and even, quite honestly, some in the Liberty Movement, excuse me, quite honestly, some in the, in the Liberty Movement, they talk a big talk when it comes to primary season, that we're going to kick them all out, all the establishment guys, but whenever it comes to the general election, all of that is meaningless. I'm telling you right now that it is just as important in the general election as it is in the primary season, as it should be in every single day that we continue as a country. You must not support a person just because you think he is just a little bit less bad than the other one. We're not in that kind of place right now. If we were in 17... Um, 1775 or what, or excuse me, 1795 or whatever, that might be a little bit of a different story. But we have allowed ourselves to vote for the lesser of two evils, and guess what? We have come to a place where there is no lesser. For decades, we have been doing this. Since the progressive era, we have been doing this. We have said that we have to elect a Republican because at least he's not a Democrat. Even though the Republicans, it was a Republican that started the very things that most Democrats now carry proudly as a badge of honor. Like universal health care, for example. That was Theodore Roosevelt, the founder of the Progressive Party. The father of progressivism in America. That was a Republican. It doesn't matter whether it's a Republican or a Democrat in office. Because re both Republicans and Democrats are going to sacrifice you for the betterment of winning and for the betterment of themselves and for the betterment of government. That's all it's about to them. If they are willing to compromise, I believe in liberty, but once you hear that but, put your hand in their face and say, get away, because I don't want anything to do with you. Liberty has no but. There isn't a, an exception to freedom. We can't forget that. Everyone is claiming that this side is better than the other side, and they have been for decades. Yet now, today, we have the worst of humanity representing both sides of the political process. The absolute scummiest representing both sides, Republicans and Democrats. They're not better. And the moment we begin to realize that, that's the moment we begin to heal. I'll tell you our why, what it should be. Our why should and should always be the Constitution first. Not America first, like Trump says. The Constitution. 
America is only as good as that which the Constitution guards against government. If we don't have a Constitution, if we don't have the Constitution that, that the Founders put in place, coupled with the Bill of Rights, that's when you don't have a country. Not when you don't have a border, you don't have a country. It's about the Constitution. All the rest is second. All the rest is behind. The Constitution and free markets. Because you cannot be a free person if you are not allowed to live freely in your economic exchanges. Liberty should always be number one. That's our why. Our why is that God has given me the, the right to self-ownership. God has given me the right to protect me and my posterity. And nobody can take that away. That's our why. Our why should be that we have to remember to be good people to each other. We have to remember that all of our rhetoric and everything is only as good as, as those we take care of. Words are second to action. Your words can either back you up or tear you down if you don't have the action to support it. When Tocqueville came to America to discover what, what it was that made um, American exceptionalism, so, you know, such a phenomenon, what it was that made America so great, it was the people. And that relies in the individual. It's not a community. It doesn't take a village. It takes an individual. It's not about anything else. If you want to be free, you have to start acting free. If you want the government off your back, you have to show them. We don't need you. We don't want you. We do not need you. Individuals are good. Men are good. Man is bad. The collective man is bad. But men, individual people, those are good. And we cannot forget that the individual trumps the collective. Excuse the, that wasn't intended to be a pun. <laughs> it's not like love trumps hate or anything like that. The individual is greater than the collective. Individualism. That's what it has to be about. That is our why as a country. When you start standing for those things... Instead of just saying, well, I'm against Washington, or I'm against China, or I'm against uh, the Middle East, I'm against this and I'm against that, then you begin to fall for somebody who says, I'm against all these things too, but what I'm for is actually not what you're for. That's why hope and change work so well, because change from the Washington establishment. We are seeing a repeat of twenty of, or of uh, 2008. Change was the Washington establishment. At that time, it was um, the Republicans. And Barack Obama promised to change that. And he did. 
But change it into what? Not only the Democrats, but the country forgot their why. And we have not learned our lesson yet. Because now the parties have flipped, but everyone's still against something. Nobody's for anything. Everyone is still against one side or the other, but nobody's standing for anything. And nobody remembers why they fight. Nobody stops and thinks, well, what was it that we were changing into? Well, what exactly is it that, that's going to make America great again? These kind of campaign rhetorics, they're great, and then they can certainly win an election. But it's meaningless, unless you remember why you fight. I hope that uh, moving forward, we are going to continue these types of discussions because I really want to focus on that. We have to become better. We have to become better uh, people. We have to become people willing to stand for something. People willing to not compromise on the principles that are most important to us as a people. And that is why I am bringing next week Jeffrey Tucker on. As we have said in the past, and as we announced a couple episodes ago, Jeffrey Tucker will be coming on next week for episode 8. Um, while everyone else is, is covering post-election coverage, we are going to be charting our path forward. We, we started doing that today. Um, we are going to really dive into how we can move forward and how we can, we can find our solutions outside of government. And we can use capitalism to do the, the kind of stuff that we typically rely on government to do because right now all we do is rely on Washington. And that has to stop. We can't be doing that anymore. We can't even be relying on the local levels of government anymore. We can't rely on government at all. That's why I'm bringing Jeffrey on, because I can't think of anything better than an anarcho-capitalist to discuss those kind of things with. So be sure to, to tune in next week for a very big, very um, exclusive, or very first exclusive. And remember, we will be doing these every month. This is the direction that my liberty is moving forward on. This is the direction that, that I had envisioned that we would move forward on. This is the kind of community that we are building. And that starts next week with Jeffrey Tucker. Be sure to um, put it in your calendars or whatever. Uh, November 10th. It'll be two days after the election, so it'll be exclusive. And uh, don't forget to follow us on, on Twitter. Be sure to follow me, at Caleb Franz. Be sure to follow MillLiberty, at MillLiberty. Uh, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us, give us a, a review, a five-star review. Write us a little note. Just tell us that you enjoy what we're doing. Tell us that we have good reason to believe that the fight should continue. From all of us here, we can't wait to see you next week. And uh, I'm sure Jeffrey is as thrilled as ever, just as I am. And we'll see you then.